Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, listeners. We have a special shout-out to Anita and Jeremiah, our two newest patrons who signed up over on Patreon. You can go ahead and do that if you'd like to support us, or you can also write us a Apple Podcast review. Uh, go ahead and go to Apple Podcasts, type in the sci-fi sci. You can check us out there. We have a lovely podcast review that I'm going to read for you all right now. And the title of this is Feels Like a Fun Brunch with My Best Friends. My Gen Z daughter turned me on to your podcast and I'm so grateful to her. I love your vibe and the journey you are on. I learn four new things each time I listen. Wild is one lucky baby to have such wonderful parents. Thank you so much. That review was written by Eva fucking Gucci. God damn it, Gucci. Eva Dent wrote this beautiful review and Gucci had to screw it up. Anyway, uh, for those who are wondering why I am reading this instead of Amber, it's because Amber's still pregnant and she is still just waiting for this baby wild to come out so even though wild will be one lucky baby she's not here yet so right now she is a very um uh i don't know what to even describe it now at this moment but uh thank you eva dent for that amazing review that really means a lot for us go ahead uh, listeners write us a podcast review it's a wonderful way for other people to discover the show and if you want to support us Uh, Give us a a dollar, two dollars, three dollars a month. You can go ahead and do that over at patreon.com, the sci-fi sci, and you can see that link in the show notes. Unfortunately for this week, Amber and I misplaced the YouTube visual component for this interview. So we apologize about that, um, but we still got an awesome show for you nonetheless. So let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Sci under the Believe Podcast Network, a podcast about black science fiction and fantasy and staying on the same page of our marriage. Today for episode 81, we are joined by Mr. Larry, the multidisciplinary designer, fine artist, and crafts enthusiast. He has worked in education for the last decade, guiding young creatives into diverse professional careers through practicum and internship experience at the collegiate level. He's also one of the featured instructors for Joanne Fabrics Learning. All right, let's get started with this interview. Thank you so much for having me. This is like a dream come true. Really? Your room looks like a dream. Your room (laughs) is amazing. So, uh, I feel like I'm looking at, we have behind us, it looks sort of night and organized, but on the bed, we have a pile of clothes and our podcasting mic where I couldn't figure out how to set up that with the audio box. And then you're, I look at your room and there's like an old school telephone and everything's just organized neatly. Um, How long did it take you to learn this, like that organizational skill? I think um, I've always enjoyed organization, you know, just like on like a visceral level, you go to the grocery store and all the produce has just been put out and it's all like neat and organized. I don't know, it just feels really nice. And so I try to incorporate that. Um, and I have a fear of becoming a hoarder. So, you know, oh. so helps with that too. <laughs> have you ever like started organizing things at a grocery store? Just like- Absolutely. Uh, no. <laughs> I spent- I, uh, I went to this one grocery store that sells just like random things. They had Christmas trees this year and they're like really crummy little wiry Christmas trees. And I spent a good 45 minutes fixing the display version up because I was like, this tree 
just needs a little more love than what they're willing to give it. And so <laughs> that <laughs> did, did people start asking you questions about the store Absolutely. and everything too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This happens in Joanne that. a lot too, because I'm there so often people think I work there. And of course I know where stuff is. So I'm like, yeah, I just go. <laughs> yeah, at this point, you're I feel like you're the wizard of Oz, but you're actually Joanne. You're you're probably up there so much that people think that. <laughs> right. uh, well, you you are um an educator through Joanne. So yes. do you, you sort of do have a partnership with them? That is right. Yes, that was actually a, a, that was for last summer. Uh, we did a kids art camp. And so um, as part of that camp, Joanne asked me to produce, I think we ended up doing 16 different classes that were all uh, craft and art lessons and different sequences. So they could start sort of as a beginner. And then by the fifth class in that sequence, they could be, you know, really ready to take on some bigger projects. And one of them we did focused in sewing. So I teach children how to sew from the very first, you know, let's put the thread on the thing. Um, and that was so much fun taking the sort of stuff that I typically share with adults and seeing if it still worked for children. And it turns out a lot of the way that I talk to adults is just academically the way that most people try to teach things to people. It's, it's got all the benefits. It doesn't, um, it doesn't, uh, demean anyone or make them feel like they're ignorant or stupid or something. Um, and that comes from studying children's education for different projects over time. Oh, we're here for that. We're about to talk a little bit about uh, a young Mr. Larry as a child. But but before we get started, <laughs> you're joining us from Kissimmee, Florida, right? Yes, Kissimmee, Florida, just Kissimmee. Uh, about eight miles away from Disney. What's the weather like there? Cause we're, I'm looking at snow on my patio right now. Oh, I haven't had snow in a while. Um, currently, well today we've had crazy windy thunderstorm. We've had sunshine, beautiful day. And right now it's just kind of like windy and dreary, but kind of nice out. It's, and this has all been in the last three hours. So <laughs> it's gotcha. yep, all always. Yeah. <laughs> always. So talk to us about, uh, I, I, we're, we're gonna obviously take our listeners through a whole journey of, you know, the life cycle of Mr. Larry, but let's get started yeah. at the beginning. Talk to me about you as a kid. Did you always have a love for crafts or uh, were you super confident about that? Or it was, was it just like a slow bloomer into that? All things kids. I, I was raised by a very creative and artistic mother. She liked to draw. She did these really beautiful portraits in crayon when she was in high school. Um, and so she never really lost that ever. She still, to this day, she just produced a little children's book um, that she's very proud of. And, and so that was always sort of in my household. Even my father when he lived with us, was a, he liked to draw and he was very creative also. Um, our circumstances sort of made it so that there wasn't a lot of money. There wasn't a lot of opportunity for, you know, fun things outside of the house and stuff like that. So we had to entertain ourselves. And I did that by making drawings and designing like Nike shoes and stuff and making board games and playing with dolls when I could sneak away and do that. And um, just, you know, generally sort of being creative all the time. Um, there wasn't a lot of like, and, and, you know, my mother, she encouraged it, but she didn't really pay attention to it. She's like, you can go do your fun, do it over there though. <laughs> Which is for me, I guess. Aren't they always like um, that? Either? Right. <laughs> So I definitely had a, a household where we were very creative um, in school. I always found the most creative outlet to be a part of. And uh, that was really helpful to distract from some of the real life stuff that was happening, like, you know, growing up impoverished and stuff like that. 
Um, and so having that as an outlet was, was really a godsend for me because I was able to carry that through my education and then eventually go to college. Is there something that you made as a kid that you have held on to now that you're still like, I remember that paper mache, whatever, just, you don't have to show us, but <laughs> yeah, well, I had this drawing that my sixth grade art teacher, my first ever art teacher and my first ever black teacher and my first ever male teacher, which was profoundly, you know, impactful for me. Um, he kept this drawing that I did <laughs> sixth grade and I judged this art show back home a couple of years ago. And he presented that to me in this frame. And I was like, I wasn't too bad back then. Oh, <laughs> but, wow. um, being able to have something tangible to connect to your past like that, when you didn't think anybody was really paying attention, um, that just felt really cool. So now it's on my wall. <laughs> Wait, can we can we see it? Uh... Yes. So this was a draw, we were doing perspective drawings. Oh, and so yeah. we just had to draw like, you know, three point perspective buildings. I made, <laughs> there's, a, there's a King Art School in here, and then there's a Drink Pepsi ad for some reason. <laughs> Product placement still matters. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, it so reminds I, I, me a little bit of those like WB show, like Saturday night, Saturday morning shows, that type of style. Did you watch any of those, those. WB, WB? I did watch, I loved Animaniacs. Um, I, that was the one I was really crazy about. All the other shows I liked to watch were like Jim and the Holograms, which was when I was really little. And uh, Power Rangers was like my number one show for, it still might be. You know? <laughs> no, I love Power Rangers. I remember what show since last uh, week, <laughs> since Euphoria <laughs> ended, right. Um, I don't know if you guys know Punky Brewster, but that had a big impact on me, uh, both the animated and the cartoon versions. <laughs> right, yeah. Anything sort of like magical and colorful, I was highly into growing up. So you, you said, so now it's you know, all yeah, I, I, and, and oh, I'm, I'm sure people walk into your house, you're like, they're like, great, I'm inadequate. Awesome. Because it, it's it's so <laughs> vibrant and you and uh, you said a moment ago something so about you, how. Wait, are you saying Mr. Larry makes people feel insecure? Yes, I am saying <laughs> the minute. Well, for, for listeners who don't know, Mr. Larry and I were introduced to each other because he submitted to this black businesses uh, thing I was doing for Black History Month. And, you know, I had to look over quite literally thousands of applications. So just like, just pregnant in the dead of the night, I was just, you know, and I came across your image and I was like, this is like coffee. Who is this person? Um, so, because it, 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 it does, you know, I, I, I'm sure you've, <laughs> you've seen like, Wait, wait, just wait. I'm about to blow these people away. But um, you said a second ago, um, back home. So are you not originally from Kissimmee, Florida? No, I'm originally from Louisiana. Um, okay. Uh, North central Louisiana. It's it's not the New Orleans, you know, party town. It's like the soybean farms and, and uh, Duck Dynasty area of Louisiana. Oh. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. And so how no long shade. have you been in <laughs> Right. No, I, no, I think they, sh they know. They're, they're like, yeah, you caught us out. <laughs> Not Duck been, Dynasty. Right, well, they literally filmed it about an hour away from where I'm from. Right. But that's a good um, visual touch point, though. So how long have is. you been in Florida? I've been here for a, a year, I think, last week. Um, oh, and and uh, it's been fantastically surprising. I didn't, I, I never really had ambitions of moving to Florida, 
Um, but when I left my teaching job, I, I was like, where do I, I can go anywhere I want and Disney's there. So, you so know, let, let's be clear. You, <laughs> you moved to Florida during the pandemic. I want to, I want to, that's right. You said there's a pandemic and there's one state that's crushing it right now. So I'm going to move to Florida. Right. Well, I was in a situation where I was able to move myself. You know, I had some savings and stuff and I knew that I could land easily with that savings and be able to find the job. I was like, I'm going to walk into Florida. I'm going to get a job. It's going to be fine. And then like my life will continue. And I didn't get a permanent job, a full-time job until last week. So it was not the easiest year in general uh, in terms of yeah. like finances and just all that sort of stuff. But I was able to sort of isolate myself in my little apartment and kind of uh, weather the Florida storm <laughs> for the most part and stay healthy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So oh, that's great. And we, it, it kind of a little bubble, which is nice. Okay, that's nice. I mean, I'm from Georgia. I cannot talk. <laughs> I cannot talk about not people not wearing masks and anything. Right. Every time we went to visit Georgia, I was like, is it just us? What? Where is everybody else's TV? Like Atlanta never closed. So I, I totally understand. Oh, wow. You want to talk a little bit about some sci-fi stuff then? Well, yeah, you mentioned that you liked very colorful science fiction fantasy or fan, more fantastical. And so yeah. I sort of identify as like a weepy queer who loves Steven the universe. That's how I like. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. um, I love and like sort of your, your the the styles, the pastels of like the, your whole room. It's like giving it reminds me of Steven the universe. There's, um, there's a lot of Steven universe influence, I think. Uh, Steven universe kind of just like opened up my absolute love of rainbows and colors and like you know that sort of like spacey stars and sky kind of aesthetic because they do it so well on that show and so the more I felt myself loving that look and you know all that appeal I sort of just kept bringing elements of it I never liked purple as much before <laughs> now I love it and you're like rocking it yes yeah amethyst. you're like I think I just fell back in love with purple <laughs> so Amber, exactly. Amber has like a deep dark secret um, where I, so <laughs> I do that we're yeah, sharing she, now. She okay. doesn't like Steven oh. Universe. <gasps> I, don't, I don't. Have you watched it all? Or did I you have, like- so, I, so I have not. So here's the thing about it. We're, <laughs> we're in the golden age of television, right? Absolutely. So people do this thing with me where they're like, well, you'll love it when it gets to season three. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. friends, I don't have time for that. I, I'm going to watch like the first, I'll give you the first four to five. And then maybe I'll jump back into it when I'm, you know, crying, running away from my infant yeah. child coming. But so, so I don't, I do not dislike it, but I have definitely admittedly not hit the point where people are like, I cried on that episode. I, 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 oh. I have not hit that yet. I completely understand that. The fans actually kept me from watching the show for a long time after it started. Um, and yeah. because I was just like, stop, t- like Tumblr was, the- I was like, stop talking about this show all the time. What are y'all talking about Steven Universe? What is this? And so one day, maybe like when it was in season two or so, I finally broke down and started watching it. And there is a hump, you know, it's a cute little show at first, but then it gets serious. And then it's like, whoa, this is like talking about me and my life, and my experiences. And, um, right. and now it's one of those like invaluable experiences that I've had watching television like i oh it was fantastic but i do agree that sometimes the, the yeah watch it it'll be great 
It gets a little, you know, it's like, no. They do that. They're like, episode five of Succession. You're going to love it. I'm like, but these are one hour episodes, (laughs) y'all. Like, what? And and I was a person. It's 11 minute episodes. (laughs) Right, right. So I got through, I I want to say I got through season one, but they they were just Mm -hmm. quick and cute. And I was like, this is a cute show that if I'm having a day, I can binge a couple. But there was nothing yet that hit the real life for me. But I will admit that I didn't finish uh, this season, so you can you can drag me there, but yeah. there, I, and, I don't and know. There's episodes, so much TV yeah. on right now, like, and I was a big yeah. Bob Burgers, Bob's Burgers person, oh, where where the Bob pilot Burgers. was great. You know, it's like yeah, what that show knew what it was from day one. They you know, what happened to awesome it. pilots? Like, we can do great pilots, everybody. That's what keeps <laughs> you coming back. Um, so maybe I'll restart it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, the episodes are pretty long; they're like ten minutes, you know. So. <laughs> he he says think, that now, but when this baby comes, he's gonna be like, "Oh, ten minutes is so long." Uh, I think I think that when the baby comes, it's the perfect opportunity to put it on. It's good colors, good lessons. Yes, and they can you know, and then you can sort of watch it you know ambiently, and then one day you'll get that moment, and you're like, "Oh, that's me in this show." And then right, you like, know, because oh, it really is like not that I'm like you know Rebecca Sugar's best friend or anything. But <laughs> she really made a yes. way for everybody to see themselves in it. You know, it's cute. It's good. Yeah, no, it makes me really say, like, I guess I'm not really bisexual because I haven't fell in love with this show yet. Like, every other <laughs> queer person has. Like, this is, like, the true hump of, of when like, When Uzo Aduba comes out, when Uzo Aduba walks out on the stage there, then maybe that'll be some. There's just so right. many cool characters. And so many, <laughs> like, characters of color and characters who are played yeah. by people of color. and. Oh, it's great. So, um, what other, what other shows sort of, watch? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna say Why what other questions. No, I was gonna say what other because for me, like looking at your art, like I watched basically I watched all of your TikTok videos, and then I like saw that you were an adjunct. I did some research on you, uh, saw that you were an adjunct professor, all this fun stuff. Um, which uh, it was so great, like to see your professional photo, like on the on a. <laughs> I love like seeing people, <laughs> right? Um, but I, I was wondering it for me, like Steven the Uni- Steven Universe really, you know, struck me as like, oh yes, Mr. Larry, hundred percent. I see that influence. What other um, sort of fantasy shows that you see yourself drawing inspiration from and, and putting out inside your uh, your art? Um, one that's like at the top of my list right now is Star Trek Discovery. Um, as a Star Trek fan and as a, as a sci-fi nerd seeing all the things I've ever wanted to see in a television show in this one has just been like profoundly um, amazing. And so like a lot of the clothing that I'm starting to make is sort of inspired by Gersha Phillips, who's the costumer on that show, um, a black woman who does some of the most incredible costumes. Um, There's just so many things about it that tie together parts of my identity as a queer person, as a black person, as a science nerd, as you know, all these other things. Um, as a goofy person who isn't always composed. Um, and and so it's that's been hugely influential in that it kind of further gives me permission to be whatever it is that I am, you know, myself. Um, so I like to bring those influences into the stuff that I talk about with people through my videos and lessons and stuff. Um, but then also like like practically through some of the ways that they do costuming and some of the colors and things that they're using and the the worlds that they're showcasing make me like inspired to do some of my own world building and stuff. Um, 
so that one like maybe less literally like in the sense of like the space that i've created but definitely that's that's one of my anchor shows the golden girls really isn't science fiction or anything (laughs) (laughs) that would probably be the other big factor um that's where the phone comes from and a lot of just like yes the 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 sort of small subtle things kind of all come from that show (laughs) it's just weird yes the like the the they they really do demonstrate like well mostly like you know b arthur like just a good read like if you want to get a good quick jab in like it's like this is what it's all about i'm actually also um i've been re-binging sex in the city and every now Mm -hmm. and then they'll have a couple of like you know quips and puns and i'm like these little corny ass white women jokes still slap. Like that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's refreshing. And it's like, you know, for all of us nostalgia heads, it's like a little warm place you can go to when you need some inspiration or like some comfort. Um, and then and then you can draw on that and have the energy to do whatever it is you're trying to do. I have a question. So the crafting world feels, cause we're very far from that. I'm in comedy, mm-hmm. he's in sci-fi and, the crafting world to somebody who is a comedian feels very overwhelming because it's encompasses so many things. Maybe you feel the same way, but it's like, I can't get on crafting TikTok because I need, if I were to, I would need to know how to sew. I think I one time called knitting crocheting and somebody dragged me. Mm. I was like, does anybody have a little uh, baby Yoda crochet like this? And somebody was like, actually that's knitting. And I was like, you know what? And this is why I, I can't. So it's it's sewing and then it's also like, it's so expensive. How do you not get overwhelmed in that? Or are there some things you're like, I'm good at these three craftings and I don't do anything else. I, um, I definitely understand that sense because I felt the same way, even as a, a practitioner, um, I'd go to YouTube to learn something new. And it's just like, I got to look at all these housewives and they're like, fabulous lives and they're not talking about the thing I need them to talk about. And when they do, they're using expensive tools and it's just like too much. Um, and it's always like, super perfect, whatever they do. Um, and I kind of started Mr. Larry as a response to that because I was like, this is not for me and this is not for my friends and this is not for the people that are asking me questions. So maybe I should just make that content instead. Um, because I was like, what if a beginner, someone who's not into crafts or art at all, but just wants to try it out, can't find that one video as a doorway for them. So I was like, let me make the doorway. I'll, I'll see if I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so my approach is sort of try a little bit of everything since I have tried <laughs> a little bit of everything already um, through teaching art camps for children, for adults, for, through you know teaching design for 12 years um, and just making things all the while. Um, I've had a lot of exposure. And so if I can show someone a beginner level project in one of these various areas, they might be like, that's fun. Maybe I'll try this small, cheap version of it. See if I like it, then I can step up and then I can keep learning or what have you. And if it's not for me, I haven't spent a whole lot of time and money on this thing. Um, Because we don't all have that extra time and money to just like dive into a new craft all the time. I kind of do because I've got the space and the tools and stuff already. So I think uh, my goal is really to do that on your behalf. And then you can be like, you know, this sewing project looks like something I could do. and I don't have to buy a sewing machine or whatever, but I could also try this uh, resin project that would only cost me about $20 and an afternoon. Um, And then, you know, maybe you don't like either one, but at least you did something new and maybe that leads you to something else. 
like keeping that pressure off of yourself for it to be like perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, and, and that's part of the reason why I make a point to show the progress and to show those mistakes and things because they're very they're very much a real part of the process. The and girls never can, show the mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> no, never. If you can accept that, that that you're gonna make mistakes, it'll be a lot easier for you to like try it again. You know, sometimes I've just been sewing a shirt this weekend and um, I finally gotten to the point where if I mess up a whole sleeve, <laughs> sew it inside out, I'm not gonna like throw the project into the garbage and not do it ever again. Cause it's just ultimately in the spectrum, it's a tall, it's a tiny thing to go back and do it a little bit again and then have the project that you actually want. Um, a lot of people get turned off by that, you know, that, oh, it's a mistake. Oh, what do I do now? I'm over there. Yeah. But a little bit more resilience and you could find a whole new passion you didn't know you had. I mean, well, that's sort of your training as, as an educator coming out. You said that you were an educator, a, a you did child education for a while, right? Is that sort of, and did you study education? So I, I, um, so I, I was schooled in graphic design and fine art. And as a graduate assistant, I worked with children's camps for four or five years every summer. So you're just teaching kids, you know, kindergarten through like eighth grade, all these different art things that I'm now teaching adults. But then taught at the collegiate level, it was very rigorous Swiss-based design and um, visual communication. So it was, it was different environment um, but still teaching people how to access their creative minds and like not be afraid of making mistakes and failures and all that sort of stuff and so teaching that at both ends of that age spectrum kind of gave me i think the best practices overall and i try to do that in my lectures and videos and stuff now where it's like this doesn't have to be hard or scary and it doesn't have to be you know something you're ashamed of not excelling at the first time because i rarely excel at things the first time <laughs> and if i'm willing to put my stuff out, out there and you know showcase that then maybe it's okay for you too also i've really been finding especially on the internet that people are like or like actually factually the videos that go the most viral are the ones where i made a mistake or something it's so funny yes. I, I remember like one of my first TikToks was like how do y'all work this? And I accidentally uploaded it. And it's like, <laughs> look at this old auntie trying to work TikTok. It's like, that. Right. It's, it's so interesting because that's kind of what people want to see. People are actually over like, y'all want to make this a super amazing thing. And I think when I, when I watch your videos, they're very like, like you'll say something and then you'll make fun of like, did I really just say that? Like that, that's oh. actually the beauty that people want to see. People are, we're slowly, I think this, I don't know, influencer and uh, like regular, regular people creating content market is really successful because of its authenticity and transparency. And that's yeah. what people want to see. Like the girls don't want like the Britney Spears Pepsi commercial anymore. Like she's great. She's savage, of course, mm -hmm. but they'd rather see like that person that's my same size is drinking Pepsi. I, I kind of maybe would buy right. it from them. Yeah, somebody that feels like they would actually get to know you, you could talk to them, they understand you a little bit even. Um, the authenticity part is a real, um, I think it's a hallmark of, of all of that, especially in this age of social media. People don't wanna talk to you know, this picture perfect polished thing um, because it's just not realistic. Um, and so there's like a line that I like to walk as a person who loves to be very organized and loves to plan and love, you know, all that sort of stuff. 
Um, this is sort of an exercise for myself to be like, can I let go a little bit and just be, you know, let this naturally happen and see if people connect to it. If they do, that's wonderful. Um, and I'm finding a lot of times my really highly produced like videos and stuff do great, but oftentimes it's like the stupid videos I didn't plan out, didn't think about, you know, just observation or something. Um, people really connect to that stuff a lot more. <laughs> yeah, they do. Some days I'm like, I don't want to put a video out today, but I'm just going to post some scraps that I recorded last week. And I'm like, mm -hmm. now what the hell? Why did this do? <laughs> Why did right. this video yeah. do so well? Or, you know, it'll be a video where I accidentally like forgot to move some lube around in the back and people are watching because they're like, yeah. did anybody else catch what she left on her drawer? <laughs> and I'm like, this is the reality uh, of, of where we are yeah. right now. So, so I I would love to hear a little bit. I, I, we're going to take a break in a second, but um, this is kind of not a break question. It's very, how have you managed to keep, because in reality, I'm a creator, but at the end of the day, I kind of I kind of have been here helping me to say like, it's good, don't worry, upload it. And, um, and I'm not sure if you're dating in somebody or anything or just have that super support, but how have you managed to just keep like front of mind, like your blackness and your queerness. And you're like, I'm a black man who likes to knit, like, and I'm uploading this. Like, how has that been for you? I think every time I have been my most authentic self in real life, online, in my classroom, that's when I'm the most comfortable, but also that's when people around me seem to really get me, um, you know, and, and so, though I might think of myself as peculiar or like crazy or whatever, you know, sometimes people think oh, I'm too much for the, you know, sometimes those thoughts do come in, but ultimately if you show yourself to people, uh, the right people will flock to you and, and they'll appreciate who you are as a person. So I, I, I have made it a habit to try and always be, you know, that authentic version of myself because it's just the most comfortable one. Um, the people who know me the best and the people who are really invested in what I do are the ones who expect me to show up as myself. You know, they know when I'm being fake, they know when I'm not fully present and mm -hmm. stuff, and that's a good way to keep you on your toes. And some of those people are people like out in my online audience who I've never even met before. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, they I got I feel you like back for real. <laughs> Right. I feel like I have a, a responsibility to, I can't talk about be authentic and be creative and show yourself if I'm not doing that myself. Cause I feel like I can't, <laughs> I, I sort of made this promise to myself or this like stance when I started Mr. Larry uh, last, last year, whenever it started <laughs> two years ago now um, that I wouldn't lie on camera. You know, I, I, I wouldn't like, make someone believe something that wasn't real because we get enough of that. <laughs> so that kind of trained me into just, you know, if we're not going to lie about it, we're going to be honest. Lying? And if that's just a, me? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'd be full body sobbing on the internet. <laughs> now listen, I'm not saying I'm not no going like. to like judge or whatever, but like in terms of like, I, if I, if I'm using a product I don't like, I will never tell someone I like it. Yeah. If, if I right. am, having a bad day, you know, that might come out too. And people tend to appreciate that because it's, it's real. Oh. It's real. That's a great, uh, it's real. To, that's a great spot to take a break on. It's real. so rare. It, it is. Well, we're going to be right back after the break.
Weird. And we're back. Yay. Uh, so you were talking about realness, and you also mentioned that you are a Star Trek fan. Uh, and some of the most real people are Star Trek fans. Yes, for those um, who are just listening, uh, pulled up the uh, the pin for the um, uh, Star Trek Academy. The uh, oh my gosh, help me out here. Starfleet, Starfleet, Starfleet. Ooh. Yeah, Starfleet Academy. Uh, love <laughs> it. You're not a fan. Okay. This is Circa, Circa Captain. Oh, this is Circa Voyager. Okay. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, so I I wasn't allowed to watch Star Trek growing up because of it had atheistic um, undertones. Oh. Oh yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I actually started watching Star Trek maybe about maybe about like when we like probably about three years into us dating. So maybe we've been together for like eight years. So maybe about four years ago and I've been like slowly, but Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Lower Decks have just been uh, like, literally she's walked in and I'm like crying watching this. Um, but yeah. talking about realness, I've forced Amber to go to conventions with me. And, I, and you mentioned that you're, you are create, you're into like costume and design. Have you done any sort of cosplay or, or is that something maybe in the future you look to do? I. Uh, I love the idea of doing cosplay and um, I, I've just sort of taken a step back from it because I was having such a hard time finding characters that I wanted to do um, and characters that would fit my physique and appearances. Because like, I know I could do anyone, but I also want to do a character that I look like. Mm -hmm. So for That's a while, weird. I didn't really, you know, I couldn't just, like, I just couldn't think of the right ones and stuff. And I kind of started, I needed to learn more about sewing anyway. So because I love the idea of making my own, you know, costume from start from, from top to bottom. So now that I feel like I'm ready for that, I'm going to be looking more seriously at it. Also with the pandemic and everything, there was nowhere to go with these costumes. Right. Yeah. Again, I just wasn't thinking about it. Uh, the last time I did a cosplay, I did Zaro Zoendoxos from Game of Thrones, um, mm -hmm. played by, uh, I can't remember his name, but I look a lot like it. Yeah, season, <laughs> like, season two. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anonzo <laughs> Anazi is his name. And uh, so I was, I thought that was so cool. I made the costume. I, I have a, like, maybe one picture of me with a Doctor Who at a convention that I went to. <laughs> and uh, I did, a, oh, I did a Garnet one year. Kind of a subdued Garnet. I need to do, do it again because I made the jacket that she has. I love cosplay. I really do. I just, uh, I need to do it more. And now that I'm so close to Disney, I kind of don't have an excuse. I could go bound there, like, you know, I could have lots of inspiration from right over there. I yeah. mean, I, I'm worried for the girls if you ever do drag cosplay and you're like, have all the, the things that you need because like when that person enters the room, you're like, oh crap, like, this is about to be some well, epic fantasy shit right here. Well, you, you did you did do drag. There was a TikTok. Uh, yeah, I had, do drag. I've done a little bit of drag. I um I had a drag character that I did in college a lot, and then I recorded a couple of songs, you know, at home and stuff. And uh, that was the whole era. <laughs> um, since I don't like to shave anymore, I went through this sort of crisis of like, I can't perform as that person or you know whatever because I didn't really perform or anything. Um. I did a couple pageants. Mr. So Larry, <laughs> you know they don't shave the beard. I love, like, yeah, the bearded I loved your dress. So there's well, a. We'll put a link to the TikTok video that you did. I it, seen the oh, dress. it's so good. Oh, it's I'm so well. It, it was just um. I think the face you you did 
Yeah, uh, it was I, so good, Mr. Larry. I eventually got over it. I was like, I want to do this bearded drag persona that's like sort of based on my old one. So yeah, that's what that video kind of was as an introduction. I've been meaning to do a second part to that with like a full look because um, I love doing makeup. I love all that stuff. I love all the aspects of drag. Um, I'm, I don't want to be like a performer or anything, but I do love getting dressed up. So, and you know, again, it's like, that's a, that's a craft that some people like to do and can learn more about and something you could do at home, you know, without having to show anybody if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole nother craft. Talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, where Mr. Larry started, like the, the brand. And from the first day you're like, I'm going to post my first tutorial. I'm going to do it. It might not be my best, but upload, send, uh, start us there. I was living in a house by myself and I had nothing but time and my savings. And so I was just like, what do I do? <laughs> um, and I've always wanted to be on television. I'm a huge fan of TV in general. Um, and so I feel like there's this, hopefully going to be this full circle moment where I get to be on this thing that I love so much, you know, in, in whatever capacity. Um, <laughs> so, so I was actually auditioning for Project Runway um, and I started sewing clothes and filming it and stuff. Um, and, and that obviously didn't go anywhere, but it did get me comfortable talking to the camera and just sort of like that whole thing. It like unlocked this little, like- So it went somewhere, yeah. So then I started the idea for Mr. Larry's Craft Show based on the fact that when I was teaching art camps for little children, they would all call me Mr. Larry because in the South, that's what you do as a good child, Mr. First Name or Mrs. First Name. <laughs> so they called me Mr. Larry. And you know, showing me everything they could and, and asking me all kinds of questions and stuff. And it was kind of funny. Um, years later, that just kind of stuck with me. I loved that idea that people could come to me for things. Mm -hmm. I like being Mary Poppins, you know, if possible. And so I was like, it's got, I was like, obviously going to be Mr. Larry's craft show. And, you know, I had the whole idea of teaching beginner adults how to sort of just break into that creativity without the huge investment and without having to have lots of experience and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started with the idea of doing 10 tutorials, uh, you know, week to week per series. And then I do like a different series per season or whatever. And then I just started doing that and uh, lots of TV references and stuff. I like to try and throw in some, some personal stuff, but mostly it was just, you know, me trying to be funny and present arts and crafts in a way that was accessible to people. Um, over the years, that's been fine. And YouTube is, you know, YouTube is YouTube and it's kind of difficult sometimes, especially for yeah, it, it, black and creators. And, yes. Right. <laughs> so I wasn't seeing the audience that I that I was hoping to see, but I definitely had people looking and stuff. Um, and then um yeah, about a year later is when I connected with Joanne. And then that sort of started things rolling a little bit more. Um and they sort of started to support the videos I was making. And then I found TikTok, I guess, and things went like crazy because I realized I could make content that featured me and my space and the stuff that I'm interested in and the lessons that I like to bring to the table without it necessarily have to be, without it necessarily having to be a craft tutorial. Um, and so then I just started breaking into the short format stuff and I've had the most fun with that. Um, and then my next series of Mr. Larry's craft show or the, or the longer format show will start uh, probably just before summer. Um, so I'll be doing more of those longer format tutorials and stuff for people who want to learn them. I'm still like, I it started when I started out, YouTube was the goal. You know, I wanted mm -hmm. to be like 
I want to get, you know, what a million subscribers on YouTube or whatever. And admittedly, I've kind of forgotten, not forgotten, but it's just not a focus anymore. Um, I think I don't have the wherewithal to like put up with all the hoops they make you jump through to be successful on YouTube, but I'm still going to do it <laughs> because, yeah. you know, I, I think that persistence is really what got me where I am right now, which is, you know, a, a nice little audience of people who are looking at my content and, 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 and connecting with me. And that's more than I could ever hope for. So I, I love that. Who, that. Um, I'm sorry if you had a question in the queue, Ben, but I, I'd love to know just, uh, who is your audience? If you had to describe like your most ideal student, are they a millennial? Are they a child? Are they black? Are they gay? Just who is this bubble of supporters that you've reached out to? I think um, the person that I've always tried to speak to are the people who were my classmates, you know, older millennials, people sort of in that range who didn't get the opportunity to embrace the arts like they wanted to maybe in high school or even in college. And so now they maybe have families or they have full-time jobs and they have life going on. And I think at our age approaching 40, it's like, oh, what did I, what did I leave behind? What did I forget to do? And what, how do I bring that into this next phase of my life? And so I'm just like, look, it, nothing has to be as serious as we make it. And, and that creative thing doesn't have to be you making a thing necessarily, it can be you putting something on the wall uh, that inspires you and keeps you going and keeps you motivated. Um, but but those, those people I feel are at a precipice where they will either learn to be more themselves and enjoy their lives in a more uh, authentic way, or they'll continue on this, you know, slow trudge towards being old and bitter and... You know, <laughs> old not and that that, bitter. Not that it's that black and white, but I, I know yeah. that there are generations ahead of us who have those kinds of regrets because they didn't get the opportunities to play more as people mm. and to be more self-expressive and stuff. And so when we see people wearing bright colors or people expressing themselves through body jewelry or, you know, uh, bright hair colors and things like that, those things get less and less weird the more we realize that those are just other ways that people are expressing themselves and that is totally okay and harmless. Um, so when I can put my colorful self on the internet and people can respond to it and connect to it and, and you know just recognize that your version of yourself doesn't have to be like me at all. But if there's some extreme that I'm exhibiting that maybe you're like, that used to be more weird to me than it is now. Maybe that makes you open up a little bit more <laughs> and try something yeah. different or, maybe wear that sweater that you think is too loud or, you know, whatever the case might be. I just, I think that more of us could be more expressive in our day to day. And it's easy to forget that, especially when you're adulting. Um, mm -hmm. That being said, I'm really grateful for the children that watch my show. A lot of my friends, kids watch the show and uh, they- Our kid's gonna be watching for show. <laughs> She's gonna be like fully oh, asleep. Yeah. It's like, here, put Mr. Larry on next to you. <laughs> right. And I and I, I I somewhat intentionally try to keep things ambiguous so that children can watch the show. Um, you know, there's adult problems and stuff that we talk about, but ultimately it's things that I would tell my kid if I had a kid. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> 
That's nice. We're not always the most family friendly. No, we are not. No, we're right. not. And that's been a, a slight struggle because I, I came out the gate, you know, I think the people close to me knew that it wasn't children's content, but there was sort of a curve where people thought I was only doing stuff for kids. And I was like, no, y'all are the kids. Right. <laughs> the kids. We, uh, I, I love that. Um, do you want to go? I know we're almost at time, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think like getting a couple of things that you said that really struck out to me is your use of the term play, right? This idea of creating a space where people can play. And like already, I'm going to take some of your videos and I'm going to show them to my middle schoolers. Like I've been trying to incorporate more play into my classroom and I teach civics. So sometimes we discuss um, some really difficult things in Chicago. We, are, we actually civic teachers are required to teach eighth graders about um, torture. Uh, there was a, an instance for about 30 wow. years where torture happened. And I noticed a lot of um, students, because I teach a lot of black students were like, they were saying, they're like, oh, we have to talk about another black man who was tortured. And it was really, really difficult for them. And so I've started to show them like starting class with like a TikTok video. And, and um, already, like after watching yours, I was like, oh, I'm going to pull some like crafts and we're going to do a craft and just take a break. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, and this is a required class because of part of the settlement that the Chicago Police Department reached and the city reached with the victims of this torture was that it would be taught to all Chicago public school students. Um, right. And it's yeah. But I think like having a. Um, like realizing like amidst all this like terrible awful real life problems like putting play and joy you like has to balance that out and i think like uh your videos are incredibly playful they're they're they i like watch them like oh this is out like there's a warmth to it like i, I don't mm. know if it's with the colors and um so totally uh i just keep please keep doing what you're doing um a hundred percent uh and then i also wanted to um uh i wanted to get back to some of the uh, like some of your art projects and i want i was wondering like what other um sort of like uh have you done any like um like fantastical like fanfic art or something like that <laughs> I, I love I have, fan fiction i haven't done a, a whole lot um i, I I think the greatest examples of that would be my television. And I've done a couple of television intros as short videos. I did. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, those living single. <laughs> living single. I saw that. <laughs> those are like, I love do, I would love to do those again and like do them really full out. I love that sort of thing, you know, paying tribute to something in that way. Um, I've done a little bit of drawing here and there um, with some icons. I did one of, Dorothy's Bornack from the Golden Girls as um, as the doctor, uh, the twelfth doctor. <laughs> so she's like got his coat on and like, yeah, it's. <laughs> you have to <laughs> see that. That is a meat. So I'm you're a Doctor Who though. fan. You're a big Doctor yeah. Who fan. I haven't okay. watched in several seasons. I haven't watched since Peter Pro Peter Capaldi. But um, okay. Oh my god, I love that show. Oh my, I love. Oh, Amber like makes fun oh, of me then... so cheesy. <laughs> Is, you're like you're like people love doctor who i don't make fun of you it's well, just like that's just not what i want to wake up and watch on saturday morning but, every day every day for me because there's a campiness to bbc that i'm like yeah but they're, they're also really well written so there's a, there's a happy I, medium i'm sorry I, I i'm sort of this fan art is like blowing my mind because 
it's sort of like Amber loves the goal. At one point, you're watching the Golden Girls all the time, and mm. I sit and watch it. Oh. Like, wow, these are this is like intense. They are like, I would nothing not want to go toe nothing. to toe with these these young women. Uh, they would <laughs> eat me young alive. Ladies. These yes, young yes. ladies, they would eat me the fuck alive. Nothing would get you out of depressive state like Golden Girls. Just a full state. You're so like, the fact that you're fusing <laughs> Doctor Who and Golden Girls for me is just like. That's the beauty of it's, fanfic. That's so fucking. It's right. like literally the child that we're creating. I have I have two pieces that really are stand out to me, and one is you probably see the portrait of B. Arthur that I did. Um, she's huge. Um, it's like three feet by four feet, and it hangs on the wall of my house. And I've had it for like eleven years, and I'm very very proud of it. And I painted her as like a saint. She's got gold corona around her head. Oh, but what awesome. a lot of people don't know is that she's part of a series that I started, and I, I I need to continue it. But the second, which is almost finished, is a portrait of Captain Catherine Janeway from Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> and the same. So I have this huge portrait of Janeway also in my house. It's like, and, and you can both find these. <laughs> On Etsy and NFT <laughs> right. for the price of one million dollars, people. <laughs> oh, that's so. What we're gonna Prince post uh, for for people to see, just like some some visual art to go along yeah, with this interview. Awesome. Um, one of my last big questions is because oh yeah, I'm pushing, I'm pushing you right now, because I guess like imagination and black and queer and gay imagination is your job now what do your days off look like? Does it mean like, I'm gonna craft and not record? Because I, I know as creators, we sometimes get into the habit of like, everything I'm doing should be recorded right now because this is so fun. Uh, so what, what what does an off day look like for Mr. Larry? Literally what you just said. I Today I made a shirt because it's like an off day and I recorded parts of it, but ultimately I was like, I'm moving too fast for this and I'm having a good time, not focusing on mm -hmm. the content side of things. I'm just gonna do it. And um, and it I think it turned out nicer than I was expecting because I was just focused on the good time I was having with and the not the camera like angled yeah. where people can because see. Sometimes it you just don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, like, I mean the camera's right here. But I just sometimes I just do not want to hit the little button and do the thing and fright, you know, all that. So yes, very much like taking on a project that's just for me and just doing it without recording it and enjoying the project itself. Um, um that and then also lots of thrift shopping whenever possible. I love going to like a, a Goodwill or like an old store and just absorbing the energy from these things that used to belong mm. to other people. Because I feel like part of what I like to do as an artist, like this is a heady art, Mr. Larry talking, but like when I make work, I like to take things that are old and that have had lives before and then take that energy and put it back out there. You know, so I use a lot of like found things, ephemera, um this necklace that i'm wearing i got from like a goodwill or a thrift store or something and it just like i don't know just the idea that energy doesn't ever go away you know mm -hmm. so what's happening to all these old people's things in a goodwill store or a thrift store or something um i don't know i like to think i'm like a conduit for that and then you know put it back out there as warmly as possible <laughs> i love that that makes me think of like in Toy Story, where <laughs> when Andy's toys were like brought to this new daycare, which if you've seen Toy Story three, it, it kind of actually yeah. happened as beautifully as we're talking about now. But it's just like right. as as these different like evolutions of people come through, like what happens to these things and how are they yeah. cherished differently? And I love that. Well, Mr. Larry, this has been 
Just everything. Your it's, your whole background even is just like like you would actually think somebody paid for that background because of how vibrant it is. Yeah, I was like, is this a background? Oh no, that's your actual. That's just where you live. <laughs> I should take but a picture. I, I live here. <laughs> right. Um, can you just tell the people where they can find you and maybe um, what's coming up next for you? I know this this episode is probably dropping around mid April, but. If you have some things coming up, I know you're going to yeah. be the next Bob Ross. I'm I'm just going to wait uh, to uh, see you on PBS or whatever them. media I, you want to be on. And also where they could um buy uh where they can support you, like if uh, original yeah. artwork that you have up and all of that, all that kind of stuff. I, I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Mr. Larry. Um, my YouTube channel is also at Mr. Larry, and I have an Etsy shop. Mr. Dot Larry or Mr. Larry, I think. And I have aprons for sale there as well as some prints of my B. Arthur and a few occasional other things whenever I have the time to make them. Um, but mostly TikTok and Instagram are where you'll find me lately. And then in, uh, in April or May, I probably start putting out episodes of Mr. Larry again, uh, series four. So full, full length tutorials, um, all new crafts, and then also some crafts that we'll be revisiting. Oh, we love it. Well, thank you so much. Get back to whatever Saturday craft is, is, is waiting for you today. Or if today's an off day, don't record it. Just make it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we all need those. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, y'all, for listening to another episode of the Sci-Fi Sci. Up next, we'll be joined with Kwanzaa Sajifo, the creator of the comic Black, a series that explores the question, what if only black people had superpowers? Celebrated by the New York Times Complex and Den of Geek, you do not want to miss this series by Kwanzaa. So be here next week to check out that interview. Thanks, y'all, for listening. So long for now. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.